Yeah, there's something about the bed. I know, yeah, you're playing lots of hockey music. It's like, I'm just waiting for the... You need the little stand of the sticks. Make some noise! There you go. A little kid eating popcorn, not paying attention to the camera. And then he looks up right at the end, and as he looks up, they cut away to the action. I always feel bad for those kids. Paul Ihander here next up on this Tuesday edition. Joined here during the weigh-in. We'll have to get some music for that thing to signify weigh-in. Uh, with the, the host of The Drive every afternoon, 3 to 6, Tim Donnelly is here. Tim, I'm going to give you a quiz. Okay. Name the <laughs> name the late Name the NFL team with a late-round pick that is being proposed as a trade partner with the Carolina Panthers for edge rusher Brent, for edge rusher Brian Burns. Uh, that is being named as a trade partner. As a possible trade partner. Ooh, with a late late, late first rounder available, dangling right now. That could happen if the stars align. If this, I'm looking for somebody with cap space. Looking for somebody with a receiver. Uh, I don't know how late late is. Maybe something like the Bengals in a tag and trade with T. Higgins. You've got you're you're in the right you're in the right ballpark. You're in the right ballpark. Uh, uh, there's a theory out there right now that the Detroit Lions, ooh. who have pick number twenty nine, could be one of the teams ready to do a sign and trade, or what Albert Breer at SI calls tag and trade. Yep. And so. Do you do that deal, or do you have to ask for more? Because right now, that the, the asking price, and there was a thought earlier today during Unsportsmanlike, uh, they had Adam Schefter on this morning, talked about, well, they passed up two. Yep. But there's a possibility of getting back into the first round and without having to give up essentially what is the first-round pick on day two. I it, First of all, the, I mean, the, the, the guttural reaction of me going, ooh, uh, was in part because of Jamison Williams would be involved in that. I would I would hope so. Uh, if you can get me the first and Jamison Williams, who was a first-round pick, was actually a pretty high first-round pick, but Detroit doesn't need him with the emergence of Laporta and Amonra St. Brown still being a beast, and Jameer Gibbs able to catch out of the backfield. And he's been suspended for gambling. He missed a year uh, being hurt. Uh, I love getting Jamison Williams to the Panthers because – if you remember Bryce Young's best season in college, had Jamison Williams at Alabama as his number one wide receiver. Uh, so if you passed on two firsts, it was actually two firsts plus from the Rams. Right. Oh yeah, they they they, they were was, backing up the truck. It was two and a third, or two first rounds, two first rounders and a third, I believe. If if you passed on that, I do believe Burns's value has come down based on contract, based on play. A first rounder, late first, like you mentioned, number twenty nine, and Jamison Williams. I'm signing up. Because for the Detroit Lions, and this is all speculation clearly, but it has been put out into the universe, so it's worth discussing, because they were in the NFC Championship and could be that one playmaker away, because everyone, most everyone's coming back. I mean, they don't have a lot of holes. It's not Tampa Bay, Dave Canales' old stomping grounds. Everyone's leaving. <laughs> like, everyone's gone. The, the, the unfortunate part for the Panthers is, is all those players that are leaving aren't being linked to the Panthers, at least for right now. Yep. Like every, Everything you see out there, it's always two contenders. Like instant contenders. Mike Evans is the only one that I'm I'm I've seen linked to the Panthers a few times. But other than that, everybody's leaving going yeah. different directions. Tim Donnelly here with the drive, joining us here on Next Up, Paul Ihander. On this Tuesday morning, every morning from nine to ten, live and local, moving your sports day forward. You do not have to wait. We are here in place. So tag and trade is interesting. We're all we're all just making this assumption though, Tim, and perhaps you are too, that Burns gets the tag and then they begin the arduous task of trying to shop him. I, I do have one, like, 
more experimental, risky theory. Okay. Which is... If Set the, it on fire. If the Panthers believe that their offer is by far the highest that Brian Burns would get on the open market, you can transition tag him and or just let him test the market and as kind of like a, like a, a you know, stick to your guns. Fine. Go ahead. Right? If, if Burns is demanding something like $30 million a year, which, depending on where you're looking, it's somewhere in that range... And the Panthers believe that even the open market would tell him he's worth 25, and maybe they've offered 27. They might go fine. If you if you think you're worth 30, go find your 30, and when you don't, come back here and we'll still offer you 27. Okay, 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 okay. Well, so let's let's talk about that real quick. Yesterday I caught your show and you were talking about continuity. Yep. A lot of continuity with this team, as you have this this coaching staff in place, you have. The, the right guys that aren't going to the ownership mm-hmm. and talking to the ownership about what's going wrong in the Assistant locker room. coaches that like the head coach. Correct. And so you've got a lot of these guys, but for continuity's sake, and this is a much larger conversation, but to boil it down here for the few minutes that we do talk about this here this morning, Brian Burns provides continuity for the fan base. So what does it tell you to the fan base if, hey, we're going to tag him, but we're going to deal him in, in 48 hours? Uh, first of all, the, the, this fan base is tortured in a billion different ways. Um, when when I'm looking for continuity, the way the team calls it is alignment. You may be on the same page, whatever you call it. I don't necessarily need continuity from 2023. We were the worst team in the league in 2023. Um, continuity is setting up for continuity moving forward. So I'm looking at Dan Morgan. I'm looking at Dave Canales, and I'm saying you two are the start of the continuity. You make the decisions that you think are best for this team. If you get back two playmakers for one playmaker – do that every single time because it's not like this team has one. It's not like, hey, you, you get a receiver and you're good, right? You might need uh, Trent Brown at a free agency to be a tackle, which could kip, could uh, push Ikea Kwanu into guard. You might need a, a wide receiver like a Jamison Williams or a Mike Evans. You might also need uh, this and also need that, and you have to hit on your draft pick. So uh, whatever you think it is to build continuity – continuity moving forward is way more important than continuity with anything in the past. Yeah, this is a much different – much different league year, clearly, mm-hmm. as we move into tag season here. We have the fran- the combine coming up next week. Tags can be placed on all these players. You know, big big dollar money, guaranteed money for all one guy and all these 32 teams. But as you look at the landscape of this team, and I'm going to hearten back. If you remember SNL uh-huh. from many years ago, and I know you do, there was a character played by uh, uh, Al Franken called Stuart Smalley. And Stuart <laughs> Smalley was always looking into the mirror doing positive messaging. And it was like, you know, I'm smart, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. Is he did Dave, that with Michael Jordan, by the way. Michael right. Jordan broke and started laughing while doing it. And so Jordan does it too. Dave Canales is an interesting guy, always positive, mm-hmm. admits his faults, but has been incredibly positive. Is there too much positive in this to where we're setting ourselves up for another fall as Panthers Nation? Not if it's authentic. I think if, I think if he's faking it, because he does come from the Pete Carroll tree. He just hired uh, Nathan Carroll, Pete Carroll's son, to be his pass game coordinator. If if he's doing a Pete Carroll impression, then when life beats him down, he's gonna he's gonna fall back into whatever his personality is. If he's genuinely, and we all know these people, right, who are just the most optimistic people on the planet, yep, yep, and you're, nothing and you're, gets him down. And you're just like, how? Like you know, you had a flat tire on the way to work. It's raining. Your you know your your cell phone died. How? Like why did you consider that an awesome experience? And you gained I don't know some kind of understanding. If he's genuinely that way, then, yeah, this year could stink. It could be another really rough year, 
and he's going to continue to you know say like, oh, I learned so much. And sure, because he's it, on the bright side. I get he, that. He's that guy. If if he is that guy, that's just his personality. That's fine. It hasn't always been great in Seattle. Pete Carroll always thought it was right. Uh, there's the 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 great clip where he's talking about how he and 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 Russell Wilson and all those. Russell Wilson comes up, puts his arm around him. It's like the most awkward thing in the world because he was kind of not talking the best about him, and then he got the, the arm around. But you can't bring you can't bring Pete Carroll down. If that's how he is, that's how he is, and I'm fine with it. If he's if he thinks the way you build the team up from the bottom is to fake being happy, then I think it, it could it could tumble down quickly. What was the team's record last year? Uh, they had two wins. Two wins. Two and fifteen. Yeah. The only thing missing from Dave Canales' speech at, at the beginning and the things that I'm seeing from him right now are the I've never been two and fifteen in my life. Like that's the like that's I think that's like the one missing thing out of all the positivity. It's like I've never been two and fifteen. And that's I mean, if you want to even sell yourself to that fan base and set the bar and set the expectation, I mean, yes, the bar is three wins. But you come out and you just come out with fire. And I mean and granted, he's come up with a lot of fire. I'm worried more about the the positive, wake up in the morning, get out of bed, put your shoes on, take a couple deep breaths, and charge on the day. His positivity is a different different brand than that. It's it's. I'm excited to try to get better today. It's not like I, I demand that we're going to be better than this or we're going to. It's 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 a different brand. It's very sunny. If if if, if I'm using a metaphor, just it's it's you know it never rains in Dave Canales. <laughs> That'd be okay as long as those rain, as long as there's no rains and no L's. Yeah, at the same time. True. No hell's all he right. He lives in a, in a metaphorical in, internal stadium. Tim Donnelly with the drive every afternoon. Hear him this afternoon, three to six. Appreciate you, man. Thank you very much. I'm Graham Hill with three things you need to know right now from nine 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 The Fan. Wolfpack Weekly with head coach Kevin Keegs is actually tonight as opposed to yesterday because, you know, we had a hockey fan or a hockey game. on. The, anyways, on 999, the fan immediately following the drive with Tim Donnelly at 6 p.m. to preview NC State versus Syracuse at 7 p.m. tonight at PNC Arena. Then we roll right into big college basketball Tuesday on the fan as Arkansas is at Texas A&M tonight at 7 p.m. The Canes Corner Radio Show presented by Storm Brew returns tomorrow night. At Backyard Bistro, live at 7 p.m., Mike Maniscalco will be joined by Jordan Martinook. You can listen to the Canes Corner Radio Show right here on 999 The Fan or watch it live on WRO Sports Plus. Find these stories and more on WROSportsFan.com. Next up, we play in the sandbox. Cake by the ocean. This is a weird video, by the way. For those of you who still watch music videos, that you grab them on YouTube, which is where you can find this show on the fans' YouTube channel, 99.9 The Fan. Uh, Cake by the ocean is literally Cake by the ocean. It's like these dancing animals and people, and I mean, it's a banger of a song. Well, watermelon, watermelon sugar by Harry Styles is just them eating watermelon on the beach. There is that. That's pretty awesome. Uh, let's talk about Daytona here. Do you have that uh, quick clip for me? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, do you smell what he's cooking? Finally, The Rock says, drivers, start your engine! I love and a good they will purr. face the green flag 
It's a good perk. 200 laps, 500 uh, how, laps. How long are we That's good. That's all I needed. Oh, I just wanted the rock, dude. That's when the rock. If you smell what I'm telling you to do. The rock says. The rock. The rock at Daytona. So I guess, so Pitbull, who's coming here in two in, in nine days at PNC Arena, he was supposed to be there to do a pregame concert, but because Daytona was pushed because of all the weather down there, he had a scheduling conflict. Like, I'm pretty, he probably had another show, but he couldn't stay and do it, so the rock shows up because uh, he was already scheduled to be there. He ended up staying hung out with all the drivers, taking pictures with fans and stuff because he knew, you know, what was going on. And, you know, The Rock is also promoting some large things with all his other endeavors, including a spring football league. So he's got his hands in everything. But so that's Daytona. The winner was William Byron. And for those of you who've ever done anything uh, like handy and whatnot, William Byron's story about doing something, learning things via computer is much different. He learned how to drive NASCAR via computer. Huh? That's how he learned. Like he had a simulator, AI generated. I, I, no, I mean he just he had just had he had a he had screens in front of him and stick and and clutch and whatever and that's how he taught himself how to drive. He had never finished in the top twenty at Daytona ever, and then he wins it this year under caution after after a full day and a half of delay. Guy trained himself on computer. Like I remember putting. And I'm, I'm I'm this is a full humble brag. I had to install a spring, uh, I had an automatic sprinkler system at a house that I owned, and the sprinkler went dead on me. And I go to the shop, and I go, I go. I mean, this is just naive me. I've got tools and everything. My dad blessed me with a lot of tools growing up. And I go into the shop, sprinkler repair, and I go, this is the exact one I need. And I go up to the counter, and these guys are just like, all right, dude. Like, And I'm like, how easy is this? And he's like, the guy's like, dude, this is easy. You got this. Like, he literally goes, you got this. Gives you the ultimate pep talk. Yeah, for installation, it would have been like 400 bucks. From one man to another. Yeah. The part was like 70 It was like 70 plus tax. So I take it, and I'm like, okay, and I open the thing. I'm like, how am I going to do this? And I go, aha. I go, I'm going to go to YouTube. I bet you someone's doing this. Because like, this is where we all learn how to do stuff now. Like, Unless somebody teaches you, like somebody in your life mentors you or teaches you you're in a trade or whatever it is, like you don't know how to fix drywall until you fix drywall. You don't know how to plumb a toilet until you've plumbed a toilet. You don't know you, how to change a tire until you change a tire. Exactly. I learned how to, and this guy does it in 12 minutes, by the way, okay? So it's a 12-minute video. I must have hit start and stop on that thing a thousand times. It took me three hours. William Byron learned how to drive a NASCAR in that same fashion, literally watching videos and then practicing it in real life. And dude wins Daytona. Like, that is impressive to me. Like, that's pretty awesome so for guys out there and women out there if you want to learn something i mean youtube's a great place hopefully you have someone that can teach you how to do some of that stuff like i can do a toilet in under an hour so just kind of cool that way um frankie muniz you remember frankie muniz the actor frankie muniz was the star of the fox television show back in the 90s and it's called malcolm in the middle okay he was malcolm from malcolm middle he was also in movies he was in uh, agent cody banks he did a couple of agent cody banks movies uh, the guy owns a bunch of high-performance cars. Like, when you think of Fast and Furious, like, this guy owns all those cars in those movies. Like, he has a garage full of them. Well, he decided to become a professional race car driver. <laughs> and he's on the X- he was on the Xfinity series. So, this is, like, the second tier of NASCAR. And they raced in the race immediately after Daytona. Frankie Muniz went four laps, got into a wreck. And that was it. That was it. But you can go buy his merch. 
Like, he has a racing team and everything. His racing career over before it even really officially started. Four laps. He said he was doing it for his kid, which is cool. He's got lots of support. Four laps. Was he in the middle of a fender bender? <laughs> yes, he was. See, see he, what I did yes. there? He, Malcolm? he was definitely Malcolm in the middle of a crash. Four laps in. Uh, the uh, weird story coming out of Texas. When you're in last place, things always uh, <laughs> oh, man. things always come to blows, literally. I mean, two last place teams. This is what it is. And this is more argument to instance fire about how some traditions just aren't worth traditioning anymore. The handshake line. There was a full melee 40 seconds into the handshake line at the Incarnate Word Texas A&M Commerce postgame in the game. This is in the Southland Conference. Both teams are well below 500. They're, they're bottom seeds in this conference. Uh, A&M Commerce, and Commerce is this town of like 9,000 in Texas, just outside of Dallas, about 100 miles as the crow flies. And Incarnate Word is in San Antonio. So they were in San Antonio in front of like 100 people and the band. Like the band had more people. Yeah. And about 40 seconds in, you see something happen off camera and everybody starts running, including a couple of guys who clearly do not get off the bench. And they start swinging wildly, and it turns into this just full melee. People getting held back, and then another fight breaks out. Yeah, this wasn't like, and for for the people who didn't see the video, this was not like just the standard pushing and shoving, like drawing each other. Like no, like this was like world star, like fists were flying. <laughs> yeah, world, yeah, world. You're right. It was like, and then as they were breaking it up, this this lasted maybe two minutes, like two minutes as they're breaking it up. The largest guy on the Incarnate Word team starts running after some other guy. I'm like, this is he's just headhunting. He just comes running out and he's like, blah, 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 blah. apparently like one of the team managers got busted up. Uh, a couple of fans got hurt in this thing. But there are some traditions, especially in college basketball, when it comes to heated rivalries. And I don't know if this is a heated rivalry. Let's be honest. Texas A&M Commerce and Incarnate Word, but they are Southland Conference foes. And again, when you're at the bottom of the table, they're rivals now. Yeah, I mean, you're fighting for every inch. Yeah, maybe two thousand people show up instead of the two hundred who did. Uh, but this is where, and you can you can you can back me up on this. You could say that there are certain traditions that are just kind of almost outdated. I get the idea of sportsmanship, and it's good to show it. But when it, this happens, it's probably not the best. At the end end of NHL series. At least they shake hands. It's the end of the series, not after every game. Yeah. They're shaking hands after this game, which clearly was a physical game, even in the postgame comments, was physical. Like, there was no need. Both these teams should have just left. Like, drop the mic and go home. Keep it real simple. But when you've got things that are literally being called postgame fights that started in handshakes and some sort of weird beef, like, between whoever, ugh, craziness.